When I was a teenager, I lived for summer. Bonfires, s'mores, flashlight tag, pool parties, and sleeping in. Summer was a great time to be young. But summer was also an opportunity for change, a chance to reinvent myself. Being on a break from the day-to-day school routine, I would spend time browsing through magazine after magazine, figuring out how to change up my hair, my wardrobe, my makeup, get more in shape, you know, all the vain pursuits of an American teenage girl. And then when fall came, I could go back to school as the new and improved me, so to speak. As an adult, I can appreciate the rest and recovery summer offers from the hamster wheel seasons throughout the rest of the year. I look forward to not packing lunches and getting a chance to wake up an hour later in the morning. It's a break away from the routine, from the grind, from the hectic pace that is life September through May. But one of the opportunities that comes with summer is that it provides some added space to grow and deepen our relationship with Jesus. So instead of working on our tan, we can work on our spiritual maturity. This month on Bloom, we'll be doing a summer spiritual makeover mini-series. Each week, I will be tackling different aspects of our spirituality that might need a whole new look or even just a little bit of a touch-up. Today on Bloom, we'll be starting with making over forgiveness. I'm your host, Jennifer Robinson, for July 7th, 2023. Welcome to Bloom. This is a podcast designed to inspire, encourage, and grow women in their relationship with others and Jesus. I am really excited about this spiritual makeover mini-series. It's a mini-series because instead of launching one longer podcast on the first Friday, Bloom will be launching a mini-podcast each Friday during the entire month of July. So without further ado, let's jump right in. I wanted to begin with the topic of forgiveness. And I think the reason why this topic is necessary to begin our summer makeover mini-series with is because unlike the other spiritual aspects we'll be discussing in this series this month, forgiveness is the one that has a critical component that impacts our relationship with Jesus in a distinctive way. Yes, everything we do has an impact on our relationship with Jesus because Christianity is not a religion, it's a relationship, a relationship with our maker. God says in Matthew 6 that if we do not forgive others, he will not forgive us. That's a major headline. And that's a big problem, friends. Unforgiveness doesn't just have the power to control us mentally, emotionally, and physically. It has the power to actually separate us from God's forgiveness. Now, this is not referring to God's forgiveness of our sins, which are tied to our eternal salvation. That is only rooted in Christ's atonement for our sins. Let me say that again. This is not referring to God's forgiveness of our sins, which are tied to our eternal salvation. That is only rooted in Christ's atonement for our sins. It is by grace through faith that we are saved, not by works. So the good news is, that God's forgiveness does not hinge on our forgiveness to others. But, but if we could write a subtitle to the headline, it would say that for the Jesus follower, withholding forgiveness towards another hinders our daily relationship with God. Our forgiveness is directly tied to our fellowship with Christ. So when we cling with clenched fists to unforgiveness, 
We are self-sabotaging our closeness with Jesus. We are robbing ourselves of experiencing a deeper, richer life and relationship in Christ. All right, so let's talk about the spiritual symptoms of unforgiveness. Now, how do we know if we are harboring unforgiveness? Maybe you didn't realize this, but unforgiveness has some pretty clear indicators. Like physical symptoms, they may begin benign, they may go unnoticed, but if left untreated, they begin to fester and boil until they are popping up all over, worming their way into your attitude and your thought life and in your relationships. Now, everyone can vary in how unforgiveness affects them, but the most common symptoms are undeniably universal. So at the risk of sounding like a commercial for a new prescribed medication, the most common symptoms of unforgiveness include, number one, you're experiencing outbursts of anger. You begin having these sudden fits on, of anger, and it's often over circumstances that don't merit the level of anger that you're exhibiting. Your anger can be aimed at your offender, but the recipient could also easily be someone who did not cause the initial stress or pain. Number two, you're sarcastic and impulsive. When you are interacting with the person you are struggling to forgive, you might catch yourself saying snide remarks or acting passive aggressive. And all of these are your subtle or not so subtle, but feeble attempts to retribution but they barely put a Band-Aid over the wound. Number three, you're controlling. Since you can't undo what damage has been done and you can't even control the fact of someone's repentance or not, you begin to seek control in other areas of your life. Your home is spotless. You are addicted to checking social media repeatedly throughout the day. Or you make impulse purchases, probably for things you don't even really need. Number four, you struggle reframing your experiences. This is a big one. It's sneaky, but it's a big one. So whether it's a song that you hear on the radio, it's a smell when you're going through the grocery store, a word, a time of year, if these trigger an immediate and strongly negative emotional response, a response that causes you to either shut down, withdraw, or react in some kind of a unhealthy way, then chances are you have not completely forgiven someone for something that they did. Number five, you're sick. That's right. Unforgiveness can actually make you physically ill. Stress-induced illness can crop up through anxiety, depression, high blood pressure, insomnia, gut-related issues, you name it. Because our spiritual health is so closely connected to our well-being, our physical health is at risk as well. Now, these are the most common symptoms. You may be experiencing one or all of these. You may have other symptoms going on that are a direct result of unforgiveness, maybe ones that I haven't listed. So now you might have identified some symptoms. You need treatment now, a remedy. Not just something to mask the symptoms, but to get deep down and pluck it at its root. How can you move forward toward the path of forgiveness? And how do we make over an unforgiving heart? When you're putting on your makeup, what's your first step? You begin with foundation, right? 
appropriately named because it's the groundwork for the rest of the process. So the best place to start is not acknowledging the fact that you need to forgive, but acknowledging who first forgave you. Ephesians 4.32 says, be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ, God forgave you. He forgave us first without inserting sarcasm, without punishment, but out of his kindness and compassion, he extended forgiveness to us with unmerited, undeserved grace. When we considered the fact that we unjustly wronged a good and perfect and holy God who by Jesus blots out our every transgression and doesn't see us for the wretched sinners we are, but instead sees the image of his son who justifies us. How can we who are flawed flesh withhold unforgiveness towards another whom Christ also died for? Scripture says that the truth will set you free. And so when we are fully aware of the truth of God's forgiveness to us, we begin to make steps towards freedom through forgiving others. Second, we can speak forgiveness. And what does that mean? When someone has offended you, use your words to say you forgive them. Say it out loud. Say it often. Words are powerful. We so underestimate the power of our words. So when those triggers pop up, say, I forgive, and then insert that person's name. Say it over and over, day after day, until those reminders no longer trigger those strong reactions. Now, some experts will say time helps. And time helps, but intentionality is better. Allowing the days to just pass is a slower process that just, it's just more passive if you're really trying to work towards true forgiveness. And it doesn't mean that you can fast track forgiveness, but when you intentionally speak forgiveness over that person, you are gaining momentum in the right direction. Third, meditate on scripture that specifically talks about forgiveness. Write the verses down, memorize them, ask God for his strength to help you forgive. You cannot fully forgive in your own might. You need the power of his spirit. If forgiveness was the million dollar question on who wants to be a millionaire, you want that phone a friend in your back pocket for this one, okay? Jesus told his disciples that when he ascends to heaven, the helper would come. The Holy Spirit is our helper. That's part of his character. We have a helper whose temple is in us. Isn't that amazing? He dwells in us to help us. Let him help you overcome the unforgiveness that is stealing your joy. Fourth, don't stop praying to help that person and to help you forgive them. It's one thing to pray and ask God to help you forgive, but as the Gospel of Luke says, pray for those who hurt you. And this one is important because, and it might even be my favorite, because it's not just a suggestion, it's a command. Praying for the one that hurt us seems like a tall order. 
But something happens in the supernatural realm when we stop speaking harm over those who hurt us and thinking harm over those who hurt us and begin speaking blessing over those who hurt us. Because it's so unnatural that the supernatural cannot help but respond. And God responds with a promise. 1 Peter 3.9 says this, do not repay evil with evil or insult with insult. There's the command. On the contrary, repay evil with blessing. Why? Because to this you were called so that you may inherit a blessing. God says, bless them so I can bless you. Friends, he loves giving good gifts to his kids. So when God says he will bless you because you blessed those who hurt you, oh my goodness, he's gonna knock your socks off. Trust me on this one. Obedience is the delight of God's heart. He is going to love showering you with blessing because you pray for someone who hurts you. Whether that person has even even desire to receive your forgiveness. They may not. There are so many people that hurt us in life that don't even come to us and ask for forgiveness. They seek no repentance. But God is saying, I am going to bless you in that. If you want to experience a deeper, richer relationship with Christ, do yourself a favor and extend forgiveness to those who have hurt you. I'm not saying forgiveness is easy. It's going to take some work. When someone has wronged you, offended you, betrayed you, you are in good company with Jesus. But when you intentionally, genuinely, obediently forgive those who have caused the harm, you have gained an access pass to the immeasurable blessings of God's goodness and intimacy with Christ. That's an amazing thing, friends. I'm hoping that wherever you are in your forgiveness journey, would you take some time to take a look and see, do you need to do a complete overhaul? Do you need some touch-ups here and there? Chances are you're going to need something. People are people, so they're bound to hurt us. So think about who do you need to forgive today? Thanks for tuning into the Bloom podcast. At Bloom, we're highly passionate about growing in the grace and knowledge of Jesus. If this podcast blesses you in your faith walk, please subscribe, leave a comment, and share with a friend. This helps the content reach more people so our community can continue to bloom. Next week, join me back here as we make over worship. What does it really look like? It's more than singing songs, I can tell you that. Until the next time. Keep growing and God bless.